Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at That's My Breath. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we're letting you in on it. I'm here with another bonus episode from 20s. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we finished season one, but I'm Charles Pinky. I'm Glenn at Bedstuy Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. And y'all, we got Lena Waithe in this bitch. <laughs> what? When we talk about goals... Come on, you didn't see a DM, right? I think we'd be like doing it all legit. Yes. I think our team was like, yes. Don't spread yourself too thin, all that kind of stuff. But I was like, no, I'll talk to these ladies. We appreciate it so much. We appreciate it so much. That's so dope. We're going to let you know a little bit about what Black Girls Sexing is, just so you, if in case you didn't know. Um, we felt so close to 20s. Um, I mean, the show like speaks to us in so many different ways. Our show basically tackles so many things, one of which is media portrayals of Black women. Um, We're not a monolith. We're all very different. Um, And we're just people. It sprouted from our group chat. So it's called Black Girls Texting because we have this massive group chat, which I'm sure you have a couple that are always like dinging, dinging, popping off. And one minute it would be like, yo, should I get a Roth IRA or like a whatever, like talking about your 401k. And then the next (laughs) minute someone's like, all right, so like he didn't pay for dinner, so but I still want to smash. So what do y'all think? Like it was just <laughs> in the <laughs> <laughs> but in it the span is. of seconds, we were talking about all these things and like all educated, brilliant, beautiful That's black women. You know, you yes, about, you know, get your body right, get your health right, exactly. Right. And we wanted the title to be like so banal, like black girls texting, because so often we're associated with excellence or doing something phenomenal and we wanted it to just be straightforward like black girls texting living walking teaching whatever Mm -hmm. um and that's why you know we're especially so excited about 20s but just about the work that you do we were reading your bio and something that really stuck out to us was that you say that you speak to a myriad of experiences um myriad experiences from your unique perspective and challenge audiences to think outside of conventional norms. Mm -hmm. And as Chelsea mentioned, we're trying to just highlight that we do not exist within boxes. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course, you you need no introduction, but for those who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know. um, (laughs) know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is the, uh, she recently made her feature film screenwriting debut with Universal's Queen and Slim. She made headlines in front of the camera as Denise in the critically acclaimed Netflix series Master of None, for which she co-wrote the Emmy Award-winning Thanksgiving episode. She's gone on to be the force behind some of TV and film's most exciting projects, including The Shy, BET's Boomerang, and Twenties, which we had the pleasure of recapping during the first season. And in addition to her television and film credits, Waith provides a platform and fellowship for diverse voices on the rise through her Hillman grad mentorship program. And just as you said, we just DM'd you and you wrote us back. So it's such a testament to what you do for the community. So thank you. And we're so happy to have you here to talk about 20s. Congratulations on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be having this conversation to be on the other side of it finally. You know, I think Mm. a lot of people, if they don't know, it's been such a 
a crazy journey to get it on the air. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause it, it really started back in 2013. Um, uh, a little bit before that, maybe 2012, I started working on the, 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 the script and I really was influenced by girls. You know, I saw girls on HBO and it was sort of this changing of the guard. It was sort of sex in the city had closed its curtain, it, uh, had, had its final curtain call. And then it was sort of this new wave of like Lena Dunham and these young mm-hmm. girls being in New York dating and just how different it was. If you sit and watch a season of sex in the city and watch a season of girls, you're going to get a different voice, you're going to get a different perspective. You're going to get a different sense of like, Oh, how is the world changing? How are young women walking through the world now? And I remember looking at that and being a Impressed by it, I, I really do. Um, I know Lena Dunham isn't everybody's cup of tea, but you know what? Lena Waite ain't everybody's <laughs> cup of tea. But the thing is, I remember looking at it and just thinking, this girl is doing something different. It's fresh. It's youthful. Um, I was in my twenties at the time, and I looked at it and I was just like, man, I'm I'm trying to find myself in the show as much as I can, which is what I think we as Black people do, as queer people do. Um, and I found there are universalities to it. You know, this thing of her mm-hmm. trying to figure out who she is and trying to wean herself off of her parents and 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 sort of this she did a really cool thing about when you're in your 20s it's sort of a delayed adolescence um and because with every generation the the, the adolescence almost feels more delayed sometimes depending (laughs) on you know uh their experience and so I remember thinking wouldn't this be dope if these were black girls you know and so I wanted to do like a spoof because I had done shit black girls say um, and it really kind of took off. And a lot of people don't even know I, I wrote that, but I really liked the idea of sort of flipping the narrative and putting black people into it. So I was going to do like a web like spoof called Black Girls, where it was like a spoof on girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I was going to have a black version of like, who's the black Shoshana? Who's the black Leah? <laughs> I'm uh, the black Shoshana. Kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, who's the black Hannah? You know what I'm saying? So it was like, then, this, then Hattie is born. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. like, yes. joke. And then uh, a couple of exec friends of mine were like, black women. They were like, well, this could be like a show, you know, if you really want to take it seriously. And I was like, okay. And then I started naming the characters, figuring it out, um, basing it on my real life. And then it went from four to three because I was really more part of a trio. Um, and okay. that's like, you know, uh, like Nia that's is familiar. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> a real friend of mine named Nia, who oh, instead shit. of being Jamaican, she's Trinidadian, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like this lady and come on now. And it's like all, you know, proper <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and then obviously my black ass, which by the way, like me being like queer, like never was an issue, never was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I also had this other friend who uh, was also very feminine and doing different things. And then and I decided, who was also an actress, but I decided to make her an exec. And then my ex was an exec. And so I kind of folded that in. And it just kind of grew and evolved over time. And so it went to BET first, um, way back in the day. Because again, these networks, people don't know this, they change regimes like every couple of years. Like it's somebody mm-hmm. in charge and this and that. So um, so there was somebody there, um, Loretha Jones, who actually has a, a credit on Five Heartbeats, funny enough, it's a little bit of trivia, used to run BET. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool, come on. And then they just sort of couldn't get it together. It was a long time ago. It was old BET. So I'm like, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and then, but I never really put it down because it was also, I had this pilot written, which is not too far from what you guys saw. That really was a way to kind of get my name out there. And so, and I would get meetings off of it. People would talk to me about it and they really, really dug it. But I think it just kind of felt like it wasn't really ready to be on television. So, um, but I, but that's why I did the pilot presentation. It got to the pilot presentation that was on YouTube, which is our way of saying, well, this is what it would feel like. This is a vibe, which Justin Simeon directed, who went on to do Dear White People. Mm-hmm. The that's my best friend. Well, I just like FaceTimed yesterday to catch up with him so he was like let's just shoot something we shot these four uh scenes from the pilot um and 
you know, it just like took off. I mean, people, we got write-ups about that. Like it's, people were like, it was nuts. Everybody was, was talking it? about it. Yeah. And so people, we were like, damn, but again, that don't necessarily mean it's going to hit, but people definitely right. on it. They really liked it. Um, but I think that's actually what helped us get to BET because BET, I think, passed on the script and then the, the, the thing kind of took got went viral and they were, oh, come on, let's do it. Went there, mm-hmm. didn't work. And then we ended up, we landed at Hulu because um, a friend of mine used to be an exec somewhere. He moved over to Hulu. He's like, what do you got? I was like, I got 20. He's like, all right, let me try it. At Hulu, I developed the, the show with them and wrote, they paid me to write two more episodes, to write outlines, did all this work. Cut two, they're like, we can't figure it out. We don't think we have it. Mm-hmm. We don't think this is like, they just were like, we don't, we don't see it. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Take so I was like, okay, fair enough. Didn't really give up hope. Um, I literally feel like Michael Jordan in the last dance right now. So I'm like, I'm still going. I'm still like, <laughs> I still believe in it. And so then um, this, this queer black woman who was an exec at TBS was like, send me something. Like, what's up? Or what happened with 20s? And I was like, nothing's going on with 20s. I was like, I think Hulu ain't going to do it. What's up? She's like, I'm new at TBS. Like, you should come over um, and see if we can get it popping. TBS ready over the holiday break. They were like, okay, we want to shoot a pilot. Cool. Let's shoot a pilot. They they didn't think because JoJo was so green and so new. They were like, "Are you sure you want to put your pilot on her shoulders? Because if she don't kill it, it's a wrap." Mm, right. And so this whole journey up to this time, I was going like, "Yeah, I want to do it. Like, I want to like put it on her shoulder. I think she's special, um, you know." And and we and we really found a beautiful uh, symmetry between the three actresses, you know, doing all kind of callbacks and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take a gamble on her." She's amazing. Like, She's, she's like the hardest like, show. Amazing. And, and they, when they really didn't believe in her, they were like, we don't know. And I was like, she's me like two years ago when I auditioned. <laughs> I'll say I don't love her character. Me and Hattie have Ooh, some beef. Don't get into it. But let's get into it. Let's yeah, get into it, Miss Lena. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got to get into it. That too, we, TV issues the pilot. They, they love it, but they're like, they're going through some weird merger. And then BET circles back yeah. again. Scott Mills is like, we'll buy it from them. Mm. And, here we go. Such a process. Oh my God, the process. Levels to this shit. <laughs> well, we have this game called Red or Reply. And basically it pushes back to black girls texting. When you get a text that's whack, you leave it on red. If it's something that you're here for, you reply. I'm sure you've left people on red before. <laughs> I actually don't do that. I, I hate really? it. You don't do that? So you're oh, leaving on red. on red. <laughs> I don't leave people on red. Yeah, just because nice. I'm like such a, I don't know. Like anybody that work with me, They'll tell you it could be three in the morning. They hit me, they're gonna get something back. Wow. Communication is key. Wait, <laughs> before we have it, but it's the reason why I think I'm here. If you yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was gonna mention before we get into it though, speaking of the group chat, do you, so you I'm assuming you have a group chat with some friends. Can you share with us like your most popping group chat and maybe who's in <laughs> Oh well the most popping one is the homies, uh that's called um what's it called? Respect our conglomerate. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's the aces. That's, that's Nia's in that one. Real life Nia. Uh, Ashley, my girl, Ashley Blaine Featherson, who's in Dear White People. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Dime Davis, who does all the Boomerang stuff. Um, Tiffany Johnson, who directed a lot of episodes of uh, 20s. And mm-hmm. my girl, Bernie Sauls, who was the original Hattie in the pilot presentation of 20s. Oh, so cool. that's the group. That's the group. That's the group. All right. Everybody has one. Everyone has one. So our yes. first on red or reply is taking a low entry job to get into the door, kind of like what Hattie does. Mm-hmm. Am I do you leave, it on, re- do you you leave it, on it on red or reply? Or reply? You here for oh, it or oh. not? Nah? I reply. 
Did you sure. have to do that when you were coming yeah. up? Yeah, I was. I mean, some people may know my story, but I was an assistant for years. I was mm-hmm. Gina Prince Bythe was assistant. People don't know her. She wrote and directed Love and Basketball. She did Secret Life of Bees. So I was her assistant on a film she did called The Secret Life of Bees during post production. Um, the woman that was her assistant during production is now the locations manager for us um, on the Shy. She decided to go back to Chicago and get to location. So um, that's why I was all in the mix. But yeah, I was her assistant. I was a runner basically for Ava DuVernay on her first narrative film. And I was an assistant. I was a writer's assistant on the game when it came back to BET. I uh, did a lot of work for Mara Baka Kill. So I, to me, I think that's the best because I think it makes it so, you know, and I can be a tough boss. Sometimes I can be tough on people that work for me because I know how tough the business is, and how tough the world is. But mm-hmm. I'm always about rewarding too. It's like, if you're doing well, I give you that. But also if you could do better, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that. So, so I, but I think I'm a better boss because I've done their job. Mm-hmm. I know I, I'm like, I'm like, no, nah, I go, I used to, man, I go above and beyond. Like, you know, cause I knew what kind of assistant I was. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so it's like, you got to be great. Like you got to be great. You got to step it up. If you're a great assistant, you'll be a great boss one day. Yeah, to be I great think that's so key. Become CEOs. Yes. People that skip that step sometimes lack that humility. Yes. Mm. Shade always says you got to know how to do everybody's job. Yeah. And I've done everything. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts are facts. So the next one is woo-woo healing practices. So this is like Reiki and chakra readings <laughs> and tarot card readings. Are you into that? Kind of like a Nia? Like our girl Nia. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I'm not, I have friends who are super into it. Like I have um, this this couple, Angel and Brandon, they have a show called uh, The Spiritual Gaze, spelled G-A-Y-S. <laughs> Um, and they do, you know, talk about astrology. They talk about stones. They talk about all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, and I'm into astrology, you know, a little bit, but it's like, it's not my main thing. Yes. Come on, Torian. So (laughs) that's not my main thing, but I, I respect it. I I appreciate it. And I have so many homies that like are about that life. Like for real, for real. Yeah. And you're in LA. That's like the way. That's real. (laughs) Everybody. Everybody. Damn crystals on. The last (laughs) one is... Acting like a Todd. So I'll kind of give this one to Marie. In a way, mm. in a good way, not in a Todd way. Oh, like, do I act like a Todd? Or, do you or just, just embodying Todd Would we behaviors? be acting like Todds? I do. I do act like a Todd. You know, although, but I, I hope to not step over anyone, you know, okay. or um, talk over someone. That mm-hmm. Todd, I don't do. But in terms of taking up space, you know, walking into the room, like I belong there, that stuff I do. Um, some of it comes from this Chicago confidence, but some <laughs> of it comes from a privilege. You know, it's like I'm now in a place in my career where mm. when I walk into a room, I don't have to introduce myself anymore. So I, so I, I think that also adds to it. You know, it, you kind of have this sort of like what Charlotte and I talk about, like the black privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I really want to like start giving people. It's like you, my homie. Like I want to help put you on, but you got to be talented. You got to be good. But it's just like with the white privilege, like. Like white directors have their nephews and sons and stuff being on set and coming and PAing. And so, and then people wonder why the the, the playing field isn't leveled. Right, it's like, right. there's so many cats that got that nepotism. And so I'm trying to mm-hmm. create one here. It's like, one, and so sometimes my friends are like, well, I don't want to be in your shadow. I don't want to take it. I'm like, nah, man, it's like, we cool. You've done the work. Like, come in, step up to the plate, and hit it out the park. Absolutely. And do you think you always had some of that, like, Todd tendencies in your swagger? From jump, people, people claim I do. Like, if you talk to any of my <laughs> friends, like from back in the day, they're like, "Oh, Lena was always like, Lena was always talking like, I'm the shit." Da, 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 da. And what, but I did feel like 
you know, I was really putting in my hours. I was really trying to be right. great. You know, all I want to do was be one of the greats, you know, of the television writers. Like that was my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I study, I watched Mary Tyler Moore show, Cosby show, different world, Rhoda, like all in the family. Like I was a student and mm-hmm. I would go to the TV like library, the Paley mm-hmm. Center and like watch old clips of like, you know, Richard Pryor variety show and all that kind of stuff. I was so invested in being great that I really was like, yeah. why is it taking so long for me to get to where I'm trying to get? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why I remember, I remember being a writer's assistant on the game where Kenya was staffed. Kenya Bears was staffed on the show. Oh, shit. Wow. Whoa. And so Kenya read one of my scripts. Uh, that I didn't really like keep up with it, but I did the script or whatever. It was very like cable, dark, like all this whole thing. Uh, and so he read it and he came back to the room the next day and was like, I know she's sitting over there in a writer's assistant chair, but Lena can write better than all of us. <laughs> That's what Kenya said. Oh, wow. And Kenya's wow. like, she gonna hit well, one point, one day, she gonna hit. Mm. Happen, and I remember thinking like, okay, and I remember it didn't do shit. But I was still the writer's assistant, you know. I still, right. like, <laughs> but him saying like, no, yeah, you got something, you got it, you know. But he was like, but I don't run this show. I'm not. I can't put you. I can't staff you. I'm staffing mm. myself, right? You know. But now when I talk to him, uh, it's so fascinating, you know, because he's like, bitch, you my peer. Like you're my peer now. And, yes. uh, and, and you know, but also too, he all because he's so competitive. If you see black as fuck, you see. I mean, that's that's king. But like, he <laughs> he he was like, he came up to me like after the Emmy, and he was like, "Wow, you surpassed me!" You did- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, Kenya, like, come on, man. He's like, "Wow!" And even after the 20s uh, numbers came out, that we got like two million people to watch mm-hmm. live on a Wednesday night. Uh, Kenya called me, and he was like, "You figured it out, dude." So you figured it out. Wow. So you got the answers? Okay. Oh my God. He really says dude like that dude in really, real life. Yes, he does say dude a lot. He's an LA boy. He's an LA dude. Oh, right, like, oh, right, right. Okay, you figured it out. Okay, dude. All right. Okay. So he's like, I love it. you know, that's like gonna hit me. He's probably gonna be mad uncle. But big brother. Ah! <laughs> whatever. And teases me and shit. But I will I gotta always give him credit because he saw he saw it. He saw it. He's like, he's like, mm. I can't do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? But I see you. And, yeah. uh, and he basically was like, you know, keep working and I'll see you on the other side. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. You never forget those people that validate you. Yeah. Yeah. Purchase no. Penny also did that for me. I got to give him a shout who is a showrunner of Insecure and also mm-hmm. called uh, Court. So Princess Penny really did that for sure. I remember him. I loved him Court. Yeah. And being like, uh, can you put in a good word for, with me for me with Issa? Uh, wow. And I remember I was in New York filming the first season of Master of None. I'll never forget. And I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. And I texted Issa immediately. I was like, yo, Prentice is a good dude because he was up for the, the job. And she was like, okay, all right, that's okay. I received that coming from you. And then <laughs> I was not that I was the deciding factor. I think she probably was, her instincts are really great, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, but that just goes to show, like when I was an assistant, Prentice was on Girl, because I was an assistant on Girlfriends as well, where he was a, where he was a writer. He was yeah. like he was mm-hmm. he was like he was like one of the lower low. he wasn't low low but he wasn't high up and, right. and he like gave me a lot of you know good advice. So this whole conversation is making me think of a scene that recently aired on Netflix where it's like a panel of black you know 
directors, writers, like the who's who, um, kind of, of course, um, having a conversation. And, you know, it made me think of a topic that comes up in 20s about artistic integrity and how Black art is kind of viewed. We see Hattie making fun of Coco's Butter Mm -hmm. um, and this kind of like conversation that we talk, we have around Black art, you know, is it, is it corny? Is it, what do you think about this this high criticism that we have of black art and media? Right. Yeah, look, it's trippy right now. You know, it's not it's never been easy to be a black artist. Mm. That's one. It but it's not supposed to be. Mm. Our job is to make sure that we are forever immortal. It is black artists' job to paint us, to draw us, to write about us to tell our stories, to remember our history, to do it through our lens. And Mm. our history looks, you know, one way through Lorraine Hansberry's lens, looks another through a Mary Mm -hmm. Barack lens. It looks another through Nina Simone's lens, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, and you take Lorraine Hansberry and Nina Simone who are friends. So, you know, one of them births Mississippi Goddamn, the other births Raisin in the Sun. Right. Um, And, you know, art is always to be debated. Great art should be debated. Mm. Um, You don't watch Do the Right Thing and not want to have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. The other Black artists who want to make art that doesn't necessarily require a conversation. Sometimes it's just plain entertainment. Mm. I call it McDonald's. Tastes familiar, (laughs) goes right. You know what I'm saying? So, and I was a part of that, you know, with Queen and Slim. It, it, It caused this sort of conversation this debate you know it was like I got a mm-hmm. rave review uh from A.L. Scott in New York Times like you know how coveted that is it's crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. didn't have like you know somebody on uh shadow and act like well you know it, it it gave us some harsh reality but didn't give us any ointment that's no shade to the writer she has every right to say that um and then and then the conversation became do black critics have a right to critique black art of mm. course but the question it, becomes, yeah the question becomes, though, is it personal? You know, right. is there, do you, do? it's like, you say that, it's like Queen is, because my thing is, I, I support that. But have we seen that same level of criticism hit another movie? Right. Since Queen yeah. is. So, and, and look, to me, being a queer Black woman, I'm used to taking hits. Mm-hmm. That's not new. Uh, but my thing is, it's like, and almost, that's almost a privilege, like, or we've come so far that, Black critics mm-hmm. don't mind taking swings at the queer black girl. Don't give me a pass, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. of who I love, you know, because of subject matter. These motherfuckers expect a lot of me. You know, they they like, if I'm coming, and Melina too, you know, and Daniel Kaluuya, you know, they're like, okay, you know, but the question, but then it's almost like, I don't want the audience to tell the artist what to write. Right. He that did that, you know, James Baldwin wouldn't write if Bill Street could talk. You know, he's not... Right. Writing, you know, Giovanni's room. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we didn't know we needed that. We didn't right. know we needed Get Out, you know? And the truth is, is like Jordan Peele had to change that ending. It ended originally a different way with, with Daniel Kaluuya's character being in prison. Mm-hmm. And, um, Allison Williams' character, mm-hmm. I think. I've never seen the alternate ending. That would have made uh, me so sad. I'm sorry, the original ending. The original ending. The alternate ending right. is what we saw. Okay. Right. Made it a cultural phenomenon. Everybody loved it. Everybody stood up and cheered. I didn't do that with Queen of Slim. I right. had me balling in the movie theater. I know. <laughs> and, but, Embarrassing. But the thing is, though, is like, 
But that's that's and, and that doesn't make me better or worse than Jordan. Mm-hmm. But those are the paths we took. Right. He he took the he, and also and you know and get out is iconic on get out makes paves the way for Queen of Slim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm grateful for it. But I chose to go the route of like I want to be real. I want to be honest. Like cops are killing black people, and this is what it looks like. Um, I decided to take a page out of Emmett Till's mother's book and leave the casket open. So people could see mm-hmm. what America really looks like. Um, so, but also too, I think it's the sensitivity is triggering because to me, it also made no sense. It's like for people to be upset the way Queen of Slim ends, but look at Boys in the Hood, look at New Jack City, look at Men's Society, look at Do the Right Thing. Radio Raheem is killed by a what? A police officer at the end of that movie. Mookie yeah. does what? Throws the garbage can in a window of sounds. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but then somebody get mad. It's, it's about, it's about, we now have gotten to a place Particularly, I think, with our audiences, where everybody has a microphone, everybody has an opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so if, then you have Black artists who want to play things safe. Right. right. And then like, you well, I wonder. You know what I mean? But, like, to me, it's like, I'd rather be dragged now and celebrate it later. Yeah. Than to sleep well and to be light and be forgotten. Absolutely. Damn, I, I think that was... Yes, I've been thinking a lot about this too. I think, you know, as we see Black artists in the forefront making work that is, I guess there's this expectation that it's going to represent our experiences because we haven't seen our experiences. So if something is touted to be a Black piece of art, then we're like, I'm supposed to see myself in that. But Blackness is, is you know, as we were talking about, multifaceted. Right, so everyone has to tell their own story. Um, This makes me think about something, though. I feel like, and correct me if if I'm wrong, like, your intention in making Queen and Slim was very like there was an intention to make it this a, a black movie in some ways where we could see ourselves culturally. Yes. Um, those little nods, those little intricacies and nuances that that when you see it, you just know. Yeah. Versus in twenties, there's been several times in the show where Hattie will say, "What about a character that just happens to be black?" Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us about the differences in those intentions as you went into these projects? Um, it's so interesting because I wrote them very far apart from each other. You know, Queen and Slim, I wrote from an angry place, mm-hmm. you know, about what we have to go through in the world, you know, but also from a poetic place, from a gentle place, from a loving place as well. Um, because the root of it, it is a love story. Um, and then with 20s, it was from, it's, 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 it is, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's your life, it's your life. It's like, well, no, it can't be my life because I've moved to LA in 2006 and it was a very different world then. Um, than it is now. So, so Hattie's character actually is in a more welcoming space. She's in a, she's in a world post get out. I mm. was in a world pre get out. <laughs> like where they were mm. like, get out, get out of the business. <laughs> um, so I had a very different experience. So I had to, I had to, yes, pull pages from my diary and, and experiences, but also think about what would Lena be like if she moved out to LA now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a different thing, you know, because the truth is now the market is crowded. Being a queer black mm. artist ain't new. That's not fresh. You know, now mind you, I'm still like out here like dolo. You got Samira Wiley, you got Wanda Sykes, but like, what, who, I mean, who, but who, who walks through the world like me in the business? Right. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, so you've said, you said you had to wait until your 30s to make 20s and we, we got like the, factors that were with networks and all that craziness but also 
your perspective, like how has that changed and how has that influenced kind of the way you wanted to tell this story for us? So much. I mean, I had to become Ida B to tell Hattie's story. Mm -hmm. Ah, like that's what had to happen. Mm -hmm. I had to be that successful in order to tell this story. Mm -hmm. And so, but in that success in having the house, having the cars, having the kicks, having the life, I can only write. That's what's so crazy. Like writing conversations between Ida B and Hattie was the most fun thing in the world because it's basically myself talking to my younger self. Oh, wow. Those are those conversations are, you know, it's sort of being like, you know, her saying, oh, my my, my kids will be my, they're my TV shows, you know, um, and 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 then she, and Hattie's like, well, I hope to have some kids one day. And she's like, don't worry, you will. You will. <laughs> But it's almost like saying, you're going to have this life one day and you're going to realize it ain't shit. Mm. Right. Right. We saw that so often where it felt like Hattie wanted so much of what Ida B had. Mm -hmm. But then Ida B just felt like so alone, like in that, you know, Mm -hmm. in the high castle. Mm -hmm. And we love that scene where they like have Chinese food together and they're talking and we're like, what the fuck is we thought it was about to go down in that episode <laughs> there was so much tension oh my god that was sort of like some you know but also too that that's i don't want to say that's hollywood but it's, it's a little bit la like you go to somebody's house you know what i'm saying but also ida b is like like me like i'm not i'm in the streets but not like that you know because that's not smart for me to be that mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I gotta be if you're gonna kick it with me if you're in la and you want to kick it with me, you more likely you coming to the crib you're getting a cold security's gonna let you in like you are closed in to protect yourself and mm-hmm. so it's like oh i trust you hattie like you in my world like okay mm-hmm. i'll let you come in that's why the betrayal was so big when nia starts to read that monologue from her thing mm-hmm. so like but i feel the same way like who i have in my mm-hmm. life like you do got to be like on the swivel like okay what who you what's going on um and and also too the more successful you are the more isolated you, you become mm-hmm. because very few people can relate especially when you're black i imagine oh yeah for sure, yeah. for sure. You know, and I think that's why the scene that Kenya did was so important to show all of us, you know, because the truth is that's how we all are. We're all siloed, you know, because right, right. to think about it, like I haven't worked with Issa yet. haven't worked with Ava yet. I haven't done anything with Kenya. You know, I haven't done anything with Will Packer. I haven't done anything with Tim Story. Hmm. I've never, we never collaborated on anything. I hope it's good. Not for lack of trying. I mean, I think Kenya may like try to figure that out, but it's like, you know, it, it's, like Issa and Ava, I think we're trying to work on something. I don't know if it worked out, but Issa and Ava have never collaborated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Will Packer and Issa have. Will Packer and Issa have obviously with little and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's just like I'm telling you, it's we we are sort of these little islands. I've never done anything with Donald Glover. Hmm. So so hmm. as much oh as God, that, we can talk about, be you know what I mean? It's like everybody's in their own corner. And not in a way of, oh, you, you do you, I'm doing me. But the truth is also, right. we're also unique and so different, right. you know, from each other. We, we all make very, it's, it's, all, it's all black and it's all intentional, but it's very different because we're all coming from different places. You know, Ava, you know, is coming from, you know, where she comes from. Issa's coming from where she, and then it's funny, Ava and Issa are both LA girls, but I think um, Ava is Compton and, and Issa's Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's different just in that way yeah i'm from chicago you know and kenya i believe is inglewood you know will packer is atlanta tim story is this so it's like you're going to get very different versions of our lives and how we get down you know what i mean yeah. so 
And so that's the why best thing is when all those voices are in the room together, though, because collectively it can represent a more colorful and nuanced representation of, of blackness. Right. Um, my, my mission yeah. is to support everybody's thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's but that's why I, you know, I think that episode, people have seen Black as Fuck, episode five, why it's so interesting, is because yeah. about black people being critical about each other's work in public. Right. Like, none of us would ever slam nobody's shit. Like, it's just like, it, it, it doesn't happen. Like, nobody would do that. Like, because the truth is, like, you see people slamming black as fuck. As, name one black celebrity who's talking shit about it. No, I haven't seen that. But black because Twitter has black been Ooh, they, they, they came for them. But even exactly. if a black celebrity is sitting at home right now and goes, I hate black as fuck, they're not going to say it in public. Mm-hmm. But Kenya's point in the episode is like, but we, should we, shouldn't we do that? Right. To make each other better. better. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like but but who's to I, say what's good and what's not? We're exactly. so different. So it's like would I feel slighted if like Ava came out and was like 20s ain't all that? <laughs> like <laughs> but I, maybe, but I also would be like, she has a right to her opinion. Right. But that would right. never happen. If Ava was in her Ava was like, don't even use me as an example. That would <laughs> like so, you know, about you. Yeah. But it's like it don't matter. It's almost like this unwritten rule. Mm. But even this conversation is so amazing because imagine even talking about this 10 years ago, like all these different black shows and black experiences being shown on television, on major networks. Like the fact that we can sit here and debate a show like Black AF. Right. Never would have saw it. And now I'm walking around like. I'm trying to have a house like Kenya Paris. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm trying to curse out my that's kids. Real, that's a duplicate <laughs> of his real house. But then the thing is, though, it's like, but people will drag black as fuck, but not loving hip hop. That makes no sense. I love them both. Right. And you should <laughs> like, be able to. I'm not telling people to drag loving hip hop. Right. But to me, and I'm sure somebody may say, well, loving hip hop is, is, is not protesting to be black, mm-hmm. but love right. hip hop or the title. Is it hip-hop? Right. right. Is it love Right. <laughs> right. Not I mean, and I, that's no shade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no shade to anybody that watched Love and Hip Hop. No shade to anybody on Love and Hip Hop. Okay? Like, Erica Mena was in the Master of None episode. Okay? She sure but, was. But at the end of the day, because I embrace all of it, but my thing is I'm like, what I don't like is, is picking and choosing who we choose to drag. Right. Yeah. You I mean... And, and sometimes it's like, if you cocky and you confident, it's weird. It's like... What happens is my thing that I tell people, you know, with Twitter and negative shit, whenever somebody really comes hard or bullies or does the whole thing, it means that the person they're throwing rocks at is they're basically saying, you are a reflection of what I am not. Right. You are mm. a reflection of the work that I didn't do to fulfill my highest potential. Because the people that they throw rocks at are, are usually for, are working at living their lives victoriously mm-hmm. even if they stumble and fall yeah like, i also i'm so real. i'm so confused about the backlash that black af is getting because i'm just like for me i know that i have different sorts of dreams and aspirations than like my mom's generation did right so they had like the cosbys to look at and that's mm-hmm. one level now we're seeing this black family that's like loaded like Super mm-hmm. financially successful. Oh, Why is it so outrageous? Mm-hmm. Maybe we're just at a different level and like this is the new possibility for us. And this yeah, is it's okay. else that we can it's not outrageous and ridiculous. Like it could happen now, you know? 
and so I just that's why I did like that moment too, where where she, uh, Rashida's character was on the jet and the the the, the flight attendant trying to figure out what they what do. she does, yeah. Out. But it's the real thing that happens to me. Like when I'm oh, in sure. class, people are like, oh, are you like, how? they're like, what? You know, but sometimes they recognize me. So they know, like, oh, you the girl. But if they don't, if you're like a writer and you're not known, they're, they're like, so confused. Are you a basketball player? I haven't right. heard of that. Times are changing. Yeah. But that, again, to me, it's like, what, what I think about Black as fuck is like, it's really about Black people getting money and kind of suffering an identity crisis. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Who am I now? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't complain about being broke. I can't complain about like not right. know, rooms that I want to be in. So who does it, who am I now? And the truth is like, I be flossing. I want to floss. I want nice things. But you almost feel like, oh, am I being like a, a cliche person by doing mm-hmm. that? It's right. Like, am I cool? Okay. That shit took me the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Right. Or are you like <laughs> separating yourself from something that is inherently black because now you've got some money or you're in a room. Like, right. But again, that comes to the double, the double like, standards because white people be wasting their money too. They buy yeah. boats and dumb shit oh that is very expensive. But for some reason, if we buy a chain, it's like, oh my goodness, you're so stupid with your money. It's like, right. 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 Doing right. earn your money. money like dawn of time. But um, I just relate to it. It's like, but also it's like, but who's to judge? You know, like, yeah, I'm, my shit may be a, loud, a little bit louder, you know, like, and, and more. we black. We got, we got a song. But getting back to 20s, a huge part of this show is their different dating dynamics and their lives. And I felt like that was so real because, I mean, we are career driven women. We're smart, but we talk about dating Mm -hmm. quite a lot. Um, It's a part of growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, Lord. (laughs) Um, So we have so many topics that we want to talk about. I think the first one I want to jump into is Adina's monologue. Mm. So in the coffee that shop, was everything. when she, so in case you haven't seen it, um, it's basically, in the, finale, in the finale. yeah, it's, so it's like this, the monologue, I've just never seen anything like that on television. Like just, it was kind of sexy, but I've never seen a masculine presenting lesbian be viewed as like the sexy one. I don't know. It was and like what she was saying about the gender norms and like the roles and like how that's not realistic. Is that something that you've experienced? If you're the Hattie, was that coming from a real place? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely. Here's the deal, because because the script is written by one of our writers, Az Dungey. Um, but as the creator, I get to do like passes on scripts. Where I get to go mm-hmm. in and kind of like add a joke, move a thing. Um, and it's sort of like known in the business. Uh, and Az is a phenomenal writer. And I remember pitching the idea of that Adina character being another masculine presenting lesbian. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do something where we kind of throw Hattie off of her, you know, knock her onto her heels. We knew she mm-hmm. was going to obviously be obsessed with with Ida because you know. You know, that's classic uh, Hattie. Um, <laughs> she had the thing going on with Lorraine. Sort of Lorraine. like a thing. And, and we wanted her to have like this, this, this other queer woman in the, this coffee shop that she really ain't paying much mind to, but the girl's like paying attention to her. Right. And I said, I was like, I've never dated a, another masculine presenting woman. Um, and yes, yeah, somebody could argue mm-hmm. that it's not your preference, but also it's because I think maybe I was closed-minded or I just sort of, you know, didn't really know how to move and wouldn't know how to move in that relationship. And, and I was just so confused. I, I, I just never entertained it. And so basically what, what's happening in that scene when I got a chance to get in there was it's, Adina is talking, I'm talking to myself. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm having a, you know, a it's me being like, okay. And then also me obviously having to step into Adina's shoes and that like, which is also from being around, you know, uh, masculine presenting women who like to date other masculine presenting women or, or femme or trans or whatever, they, they're like, I don't think anything of it. And I'm like, oh, I do. And, and is that weird for me? Like, am I, what? Mm-hmm. Like, so in a way it's like, it's me being vulnerable, but then also me getting to myself and being like, oh, could I be open yeah. to it? Like, sure. Maybe I should be open to it, you know? And that's almost like me convincing myself, like, why are you, you know, cheating yourself out of an experience that you're judging before it's even happened? So oftentimes yeah. in writing, when, it, when, it, when it's really at its best is when it is therapeutic and when it's like vulnerable mm. and when it's real. And I knew that speech was important. I knew it. And so I was like, I got to get this right. I have to just for us because it's, it's the beginning of, of, a, of a dialogue. And, and um, Shiloh, who is the actress who, who, who uh, is the char- plays the character, just killed it, man. We worked on it a lot, of, a lot with so like the, the rhythms and how she wanted to do it. And, the, and she like just, I mean, and Justin Tipping directed that episode with the push in. It's just crazy. And, and JoJo's amazing in the scene because she's so yeah. like taken aback by it mm-hmm. you know and she's so clear in herself she's like no man like I'll mop it when she goes man like stop playing with me man like come on man like, you know because the girl she's is like so why is this so out of like the, the norm you right. know mm-hmm. I, it's yeah. never and um and uh yeah like it's, it's it's I'm happy that people responded to it and I'm happy that it really it landed with people but so many I've seen so many like queer uh people like like tagging me and they're, they're filming their tv with it and be like yes mm-hmm, yep 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 so it's i'm so happy that even though that's not my voice necessarily i'm really listening to adina i'm listening to all those yes. that, that queer family mm-hmm. that don't give a shit that don't fall into those roles that are just mm. like we here what's up and and let and, and talking to myself and being like right. like how progressive are you mm. if you can't you know see past your own bullshit yeah. Right. I know we were we talked about that a lot on our recap of the finale. We were like we loved the like mentioning of trans women. Like the her whole monologue was so inclusive in that way and just really important in that yeah. way. But thinking yeah. about the talking about preference and Hattie's dating patterns, <laughs> what was up with her fascination with Lorraine and the straight women? And I what mean was the, like, the importance of the inclusion of that like narrative, yeah. I guess, because mm. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's almost like a rite of passage, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm. and also, too, a warning Mm. we can't have. And, you know, and I think for me, I still came up at a time, you know, I was born in 84. So I... We're I'm I'm looking at a new generation experiencing a certain freedom with their sexuality that I never knew. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, the most flamboyant, of boys was 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 not out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we just knew like, oh, okay, but you didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a lot of the brats walking around, but nobody talked about it. You know what I'm saying? It was just like never really, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm this. It was always, you know, I had a boyfriend in high school who was also ended up being gay. Like, so it was that was the behavior still when I was in high school and junior high. Now it's a completely different world. So I've always been attracted to straight girls because that's who I had crushes on coming up. Mm. You're an adolescent. There isn't a gay girl to go kick it with. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just a straight friend who you dig and who you're trying to figure out how you feel because you're like, well, we're homies, but I like girls. You like boys. 
uh, I'm destined for heartbreak. So, so it starts then. So then when I become an adult, then people are like, okay, Lena, these are the clubs for you. These are the, this is where you go shopping. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it's like, but I, I'm all in the world. You right, know, right. because of how, how I present, a lot of times straight women find themselves like not knowing how to, they're like, am I flirting with you? Are we hanging out? I'm confused. I feel like I'm on a date and I'm going like, well, no, <laughs> like I'm just, you know, it, it's, it's not that. But it's a, bit, a lot of times, like some of my straight friends, like I feel like we're dating because I do have masculine energy because I do carry myself a certain way. But most of my friends are straight black women. I have a question for you Um, because I have had this thought before and thinking about like, not to call her out, but like a young MA, young ma video um, or like seeing a mass presenting lesbian woman and then still having that association with like toxic masculinity. And we hit on it a little bit with uh, Hattie. Um, Can you talk about that? And like that uh, characteristic about Hattie, like her kind of just, being with a bunch of girls, like, what's that about? Being a well, fuck boy. Being a fuck, a fuck boy. That's <laughs> a girl. I mean, well, but the truth is, it's like, but what is a fuck boy? I mean, she's early 20s, though. So, like, 24, 25, we kind of are all doing that, too. It's like, it's like a, to me, dating a lot of girls, it's like, how are you supposed to meet the one? Huh. Like... You, you just date one person? That sounds like hey, a line. That's a fuckboy statement. <laughs> How you supposed to meet the one? Yeah, hold up. Because Lena does like that with that smile. How you supposed to meet the one? But this is that where Hattie would have me not. fucked up. This is where Hattie would have me fucked up because there's the scene where Lorraine's in the bed with somebody else and Hattie was already with somebody else but was trying to pretend like she wasn't. So she's like, oh, hey, what you doing? Da, da, da. And then Lorraine um, puts the phone on Shorty mm-hmm. and then Hattie's like, oh, huh, I'm chilling too. Like, I'm with somebody else too. So it was like... That's just like straight couples. You know, <laughs> straight people do that shit too. Making folks jealous, not in committed... Situ- like, y'all came up with the term situationships. That's <laughs> true. Sade loves that term. And Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like um, no one has love figured out. Mm, okay. No one does. You just don't. Like, and if you aren't good at it, it doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. And sometimes it's this weird ideal that because I'm queer, because I'm black, because I am female, that I should have it more figured out than others. Right. Like, what do you mean? You've got all the quote unquote... Like, Oppression marks take you supposed to know. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a member of Times Up because I care about women's rights and people feeling mm-hmm. safe when they go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna be perfect. Like when the shit went down on the shy, I was like, oh shit, I could have handled that better. Mm-hmm. But but is it it's to me, it's just as wrong to say, like, well, you should handle that perfectly. That's almost mm-hmm. like saying, Well, I don't agree with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Both are equally wrong. It's like, I deserve the right to make a stumble and fix it, just like anyone else. Right. You deserve, you deserve to be, to be human. A, a human, a regular person, yeah. kind of like what Glenn said. Like, we can't be expected to be, like, perfect, super Black women all the time, you know? Um, so it's like, that's a, you know, also, because in my 20s, like, I didn't get to date, like, a straight person did in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So That's what your friend said, Chelsea. My friend said that. Well, she's not my friend, so... She's oh, not my friend. She, exactly. So I, I went on a date with a girl and like I was very attracted to her and I was expecting her to be very aggressive because she was the lesbian and I was the straight girl mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. And I'm always like, what could have been if she were just a bit more try, you know, 
<laughs> They're going to roast me after this. She's still be like, ugh, never happened to her. Thing because like. She's mad shy. Yeah, but it's like, but th- there's this sort of perception. It is. It totally I'm is. Presenting, that you would think that if I see you at the club, I'm going to yo, what's up, baby? How you doing? Let's, let's mm-hmm. get out. Right. <laughs> That's not like that's not my personality. Like when my shit, when my breakup happened, niggas was like, "Oh, you the lesbian future." I was like, "What? No." <gasps> like I'm, oh, I'm not the lesbian future. That's wrong. You know, shouts out the future, but like but that's, that's the not perception. Down, but people are like, "Well, you know, you are." There's this perception because the truth is, toxic masculinity absolutely exists within the the, the queer community, um, black and white. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Latino, whatever. It's all shades. But the truth is, I think sometimes that's when masculine presenting lesbians are mimicking bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if you want to be, who do you have to look up to? Right. Young and May is a is a is a rapper. She's a hip hop rapper. It's like right. Lucy, That's her the lifestyle. They yeah. all, right. you know, why she so got to be the like polite one? Because on one hand, somebody could argue, "Oh, why young and may got to be like that?" But then it's like, should she not be that because she's a woman? Right, you're right. Right, mm-hmm. I can do it, but she can't. I'm not mad you know at her. I mean? Her lives are great. There's no. There's, <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't have a. I don't have a side, and I'm cool with young. You know, I, I show her a lot of love, and I'm, I'm happy to see her in the culture. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I totally get how somebody could be like, "Well, is she helping out the?" But at the end of the day, she has to be herself. Yeah. Right. She can't mm-hmm. come out here and be like, "Well, let me be woke and all these things because I'm a I'm a gay woman." Like to me, what's what's more revolutionary is that she could be just as you know crazy as the dudes. In a way, yeah. in a way, and just be accepted like, for it. See me the same, you know, because it's like do we so we judge the the the, the queer brown lesbians video more than we do you know this video right which has mm-hmm. all the same shit so i i think to me it's just like to me hattie is like she's someone who's chasing a dream and who's looking for love she says it you know on the, on the couch with Ivy. she's like i don't want to be hurt mm-hmm. no one here is emotionally available like mm-hmm. i don't you know what i mean it's like i've had fuck buddies i've talked to people you know this and that but at the end of the day it's all the things that help make me to be the person i am now and it's all fodder for scripts. It's like if I'm sitting here boring with the same, <laughs> my entertainment ain't going to be that great. Like the reason why people are so entertained by, by 20s, I'm like, yes, yeah, like my mother is laughing at my shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. I don't go through all that in order to give you a, a good show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, I, I welcome it. I welcome the bruises. I welcome, you know, the, the hits and the, the stumbles because that's what makes me human. Yeah. That's yeah. my legacy too. And that's such a clutch part of the show I think that all the different relationships and dating because like that is so 20s like mm-hmm. we're going through it right now but what I always felt like was with almost all the characters and a lot of the scenes there was so much sexual tension like oh my god Trell and like, Marie Zach and Marie <laughs> anybody and it's because the cast is hot <laughs> I, I wanted to see all of them fuck honestly. I'm for Chuck and Marie I'm sorry we was like we did not we was not we see it for them but I like Chuck though. Chuck's a good dude. You know, Chuck is there for her when she don't get the promotion. Like, I like Chuck. Chuck. Her, her mom. Like, like Chuck. Chuck. And there's everybody's like, I don't really want to fuck Chuck, but yet Chuck is the dude who's like, let's save money. Let's have three right. kids. Let's He's like two. a good guy. So it's almost like psychological. Like black women like, I don't really like Chuck. <laughs> oh like, my God. Yeah. Got a phone. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, love that phone. So I, I love I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so again, it's like, what are we drawn to? But uh, well, one, I appreciate that. And that's the thing I kind of like to play with whenever I'm writing. It's sort of like, I want to be able to mix and match all my my, my pieces, you know? Mm. So like, 
So so next season is like, do does Marie and Zach do a thing, or do we go? Do we do you give us one thing, or does Marie and Quintrell you know, do something for us? You know mm-hmm. what that? What is that sex scene? You know what I'm saying? Like. Ooh. Oh. We've been imagining like a time when they may all come together and they're convinced that Chuck oh, no. is trying to have like an orgy because he he like sent gave a card to that guy and then at the, in the oh. finale he was talking like, to a girl me. so they think he's a sex addict. I'm like, I don't know if he's a sex addict. I think he's what a black man. <laughs> See, they're is, crazy. <laughs> is that like if you if a black man has bisexual feelings, mm. he is lives in a society in which he can't just come out and say that. Right. Right. So he so he has to figure out like who he is, how he wants to express that. And there's nothing more difficult. I mean, we have the character, you know, Ari on Boomerang, which happens to be a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am being about but it's like, how rare is that? Like you right, don't have bisexual black male characters on shows. But the truth is, like, I believe they exist. They're not unicorns, they're in the world. Yeah, right. But I think people like seeing particularly black men specifically, either gay or straight. Mm-hmm. They don't have space to 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 roam the sexual, you know, their desires, and that is actually, I think, doing us a huge disservice as a society. Mm-hmm. Because then what happens is there's shame, there's resentment, there's repressed, there's repressed feelings, and so we want to hopefully get into it with Chuck next season is more about his bisexuality, how he navigates that. Yes, we are so ready I for next season. So you confirmed that. it; he is bisexual. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think. Well, here's the thing. The, the, what I will say, which I can give away, is like he's never acted on it. Mm. Okay, right. Never okay. acted on it. Okay, but that doesn't. Mean, I was like, maybe he just likes gay he porn. Has desires, or yeah, he, he's thinking about it. And I think when yeah. we look at the shows, I'm like, why is that such a crazy thing for a black yeah. man? Yeah, and not be gay because a lot of people like, I knew he was gay, <laughs> but it's like again challenging the audience right. the narrative. It's like. Why does he have to be gay? Why can't he? Because because I like I think Chuck's character does enjoy being with Marie. I think he loves Marie. He loves yeah. mm-hmm. her. He's like trying to have sex with her. He's like, let's get married. Right. He, he proposed to her, you know, singing to her. He's always trying to make sure everything is right. But right. I think a little bit of that is also him trying to be like, yeah, I'm straight. I've got a woman. I gotta. I want to get married. Exactly. I want to have kids. You know, right. because who would do that other than a man who like really wants to prove how heterosexual? Right. Is. Right. Yeah. Well, you talked to, you talked a bit about like not knowing how to love for sure, but I just want to hit on this real quick. Some people in the show do know how to love. Like Marie's mom, lo- I mean Hattie's mom loves oh, her. Yeah. I was like, like Marie's mom. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Marie's mom. Marie's mom. She has some problems. Yeah. Hattie's mom loves her. Like the way how Hattie like blew her off, and then her mom still forgave her. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to quickly touch on like a mother's love or parents' love. Um, and that experience that you've had, if that was a part of the uh, writing process. And really yeah. quick, just how they talk to each other on FaceTime all the time, we thought was so dope. And to think about these girls that are moving to L.A. to like pursue their dreams and then constantly checking in with their parents was really, yeah. really nice. Right. And that was definitely a play on when I first moved to, to L.A. because I didn't have any friends there. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So I was always calling my mom, like always. Um, Wait, was that a thing that just started in LA or did y'all always have that kind of relationship? We lived together, like, because I'm one of two. And so, um, so, and my sister kind of left the house early. Like, she was one of those kids, like, I'm getting out of here at 17. Mm-hmm. So, 
from then, she's two years older than me. So I was just me and my mom. Like where I grew up living in my grandmother's house with my mom and my sister. And then we moved to Evanston. And so and it was me and my mom and my sister. And then my sister bounced and it was just me and my mom. And so, and I even lived with her because I went to Columbia College in Chicago. And so there wasn't a campus. So I lived with my mom my whole four years of college. Oh, okay. Um, and so mm. in LA, like I was so used to every single day, you know, talking to her all, all the time. And then what happened was, is the norm. I got a life of my own. I made friends. I started working really hard. And then once I became an assistant, here's a lot of people always say, oh, I can't believe Patty blew her mom off. Let me tell you something about Hollywood. <laughs> you can, if, you, if you have a shot yeah, at any in this industry, yep. take it. <laughs> yep. That is me. Now, you can disagree with me left and right, but no, I've had oppor- so many opportunities like that. You know what I'm saying? Where I couldn't go out. I had to cancel this thing. I couldn't go home for Christmas, you know, because I had to stay in and help Reggie do a rewrite on B.I.G. I had to do that. Da, 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 da. But to me, I don't regret any of it. Right. Because I don't owe, and this may sound cold blooded, I don't owe my family anything. Mm. You know, mm. you don't. Look at look at Chelsea West Indian ass. Like I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know about that. Oh my god! That. <laughs> I never said it out loud. I don't know about that. Now, now here's what I do. I take care of them. Mm-hmm. That I do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not in a crazy way, but it's like I, you know, I paid off my mom's condo. You know, it's like I do the whole thing. It's like, and there's nothing I could ever do to repay her, right? For what she mm. But what I can't do is live for her. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't you know, stop my life to make sure she's, you know what I'm saying? Because I need her to stand on her own too and have her own life and her own experiences. Uh, because when you become an adult, you know, when you, even when you like get married or step into or have your own children, your relationship with your parents may change mm-hmm. because you're busy trying to be a parent. You're busy trying to be a partner. You're busy trying to be, I'm now trying to be a, you know, a CEO, a boss, or this, an actor, a activist, or this person, you know, they got to take a swing at me for this and that. There are also, too, it's like, there is a, a bit, as I get older, a bit of a disconnect because I get to live my dream and hers is still deferred. Mm. Yeah. So therefore, we don't have a ton in common. Mm. People that never mm. got to live out their dreams sometimes are talking a different language than someone who is living it. So for she and I, it's a very, and also two different, whatever, it's a different generation, obviously, but there's just sometimes the, the, and the, the more life I live, the more disconnected she and I become. Mm-hmm. But somebody could argue all oh, that sad, but she may argue, but that's a good, you know what I'm saying? Like Lena took off, you know, but at the same time, it's like, she's in the work. Yes. So like Angela Bassett is playing a version of her on Thanksgiving. Mm. Right. Kim Whitley is a version of her, you know, on on 20s. And has a version of it's like, but I think there's this misconception that you have to be close with your parent. And specifically, I'm gonna say mother, because I didn't have a relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I, that's my only, you know what I mean? So to me, it's almost like other narratives that we don't tell, like black mothers and black daughters having complex relationships. Mm. Yes. Like that's something I really wanted to delve into because you almost made to feel like a leper if you're not close to your mom. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Like, but if me and my mom don't have a, we're not Bessie, we're not, we're, that's not who we are, then why try to force that? 
You know what I'm saying? If it's not right. there, to me, it's like, as long as there's a level of respect and a, if you ever need anything, if she have a call, I'm always going to pick up. If she ever text me, I'm always going to respond. But I kind of am in a space of, it's okay if my mom isn't my best friend anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, and not feeling guilty. I don't talk to my mom every single day, but like, the truth, that's why I do kind of give, give props to Drake, where Drake was writing about that, talking about that, rapping about that. Like, mm-hmm. being like we have a complicated relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so people may be like, well, yeah, that's your mom. It's, supposed to have, it's like, says who? Yeah, that's fascinating. That's real. So anyway, that's, I'm just like, I'm always dealing with that in the mm-hmm. work. There. Mm-hmm. And in thinking about it, the way you showed all the different characters and their relationships, like we meet Nia's dad. Right. And we're like, and Hattie starts to talk about that, like mm-hmm. understanding the layers and, and the way you built these characters that like we, us, understand these complex relationships and yeah. we can see those levels and those layers. And as you unpeel them, like I'm really excited just to see more because there's so much depth to all these characters. And I love that it's representative of we can see ourselves in all of them, but we can see their flaws. We can see their wins mm-hmm. and they're black and they're just living. It's not some like crazy shit. Like nobody's Michelle Obama. Right. No. <laughs> Marie not, might become Michelle Obama. Here you go. I knew I you love Marie. Marie. I love She's Marie. a Marie Stan. I'm a Marie Capricorn. She's a Stan. Oh shit, I love a Capricorn. Yeah, <laughs> we all need a Marie. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that's responsible and is doing the things and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, if Hattie's just with other Hattie's, Hattie's never going to become Ida B. You know what I mean? So you got to have... It. It's real. You got to have the Marie's going to be like, nope, come on, chill out. And yeah, she don't drop her shit like that. She's See, like, that's, oh, our yeah. that's our Hattie. No, that's our Hattie. No, I'm joking. You got to have it. Like, this Hattie, this Hattie. You know, this is always like, Hattie, Hattie is amazing. Look at Hattie got a journey ahead of her. Hattie going to like slay these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but you got to. Exactly. You got to go through the thing. You got to go through your shit. That's the thing. You have to. You have yeah, to oh my gosh. you have to figure it out. And I think what's crazy for me is, and I've said this when I was on Breakfast Club one time, you know, because I feel like I've kind of grown up a little bit in front of people, even mm-hmm. though I've been in a mm-hmm. But when I was on Master of None, I had just sold the shy. I was like some young fuck, you know, and then people kind of watch me grow. And I think that's what I think also, which I appreciate. People have a closeness to me, you know, whether it's like right. parenting, the Emmy, the the Met Gala moment, the Vanity Fair thing, the Ready Player One. Like, people have been with me on all these, you know, mm-hmm. the shy 20s now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's yes. so much more things to come. It's like, people have been on this journey with me. And that's why my thing with people is I'm like, yo, let me live. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to let y'all live. And we're going to grow up and go through this stuff together. Because, yes. you know, I'm, if, if everybody else lived in front of people, it would look similar. If you don't say mm. things, you have stuff. You that whole time. So I just kind of feel hard. like, you know, let's, let's, let's learn these lessons together. Let's let them be teachable moments. Yeah. Damn. So in the interest of time, unless these ladies have another question, I'm going to move to the what would you do? Let's get it. Okay. So what would you do is basically, a, or you'll, you'll get it. Okay. What would but you do? It's a very awkward segment because I love singing. And I just would love And sometimes they like jump in and sometimes they leave me to dry. But let's see what they'll do today. No, girl. All right. All right. Thank you. 
I'm what would sorry. you do with your summer Oh, yeah, dancing crying. I'm over the bedroom. Bedroom. This is going to be hard on Zoom. Yes. Leave it up there a little bit of money. All right. Zoom is a little ghetto, but in the studio, it works. Um, but basically, go ahead. Basically, what would you do? We get listener letters, but this time we're taking a "What would you do?" from the show Twenties. It's a special Twenties edition. Um, so, in the season finale, Marie is proposed to by Chuck, and we are all on different pages. I think she should work it out with Chuck. They don't like Chuck. I think he's a great guy. We're wondering what would you do if you were Marie? You get proposed to. Are you marrying Chuck? Are you, are you breaking up with him? It seems like she's a little unsure. What would you do? Like giving Marie advice. Uh, I definitely say say yes in front of everybody. <laughs> so she did the right thing. Yes. She did, but she did the right thing because his parents are also standing right there. And Play just like right. Chanel back. I'm forever grateful. Um, oh my god, amazing. Amazing. So say yes, and then have a conversation. You know, I think she mm. definitely took a lot of frustration on Patty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I love that exchange between them. You know, I love, I loved finding that in the dialogue because, like, because I said, what should Hattie say? Yes, not that. And it's wrong place, Hattie. Wrong time, no, Hattie. That's a real friend. She says congratulations, but then she questions it. I would no, have been then pissed. Marie says, "Are you really happy?" Mm about this. I told you she invited it. She invited that commentary. And then Hattie says, what does Hattie do? Hattie says, are you? Mm -hmm. I guess. Hattie's like, what does it it matter if I'm happy about Mm -hmm. Right. Why are you even asking? Mm Are you happy? Marie we need knew. you on all the damn Marie recaps because Chelsea be trying to be like, nah, Hattie was wildin'. <laughs> and I'm like... I mean, if you really... Because that's the thing. Sometimes people, you know, I always say people take from art what they bring to it. Mm. So you got to be careful because sometimes mm-hmm. people be like, oh, well, Lady McQueen is slim. Oh, I feel like Queen was like a bitch at the beginning, da, da, da. Or, or she's a bitch. And I'm like, well, did you listen to the day she had? Right. Right. Damn. So how would you behave if you just lost a case and not just a case, but lost someone's Facts. life? Right. Facts. And you don't want to be alone. You right. know, and then you find out later that her mother was accidentally killed by an uncle that she had mm-hmm. for. You know, so it's like, so at the end of the day, it's like you gotta listen. Like Hattie says, congratulations. Marie could have said thank you. Instead, she said, Are you really happy about this? Mm, yeah. Hattie didn't say no. Hattie didn't say yes. She says, Are you? Mm-hmm. And then Marie is like, because then Marie, I think, secretly answers. She's like, and then decides to like do what? Go into Marie's own. Right. Home. You know what, Hattie? Let me tell you about yourself. Right. Okay? right. And then okay. read her up and down about this life. You know what a relationship is, and she everything roasted her. That is true. The thing I learned, the best thing about writing, is that if you have two people in a scene, they should be on opposite sides of the same argument, mm. and they both should be right. Hmm. Mm. Oh, and then she, and then she took it. And it hits. <laughs> they both like right. You know, scene could go on, you know, forever. Absolutely. What I love about Queen and Slim is Queen, Queen and Slim both have to be right all the time. Yeah. Right. He yep. wants to run, he wants to call the police. You know, he but wants listen, to call family, she said no. I right. wrote my season two opener of 20s. And oh, for yeah. me, <laughs> it opens up with Marie living her best life. She got her own company. She ain't not even fucking with them no yep. more. But she's talking to Quintrell and Zach and on Zach. the side. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> she wants Marie to have a roster. Yes. yes. A starting five. Her actually, life. Actually, we do have some, I, I'm giving away exclusives here, but we do have scripts for season two. Uh, so I'm trying to see how, I will give you a little hint. We're going to get into Hattie's dad. Oh, okay. very yes. curious. We that do, was definitely an interesting for her. her. Yeah, that was a little mm-hmm. Easter egg right. in that you know, moment. Dina you know, mm-hmm. and Ida are going to be around, so deal with it, guys. <gasps> yes. I wanted more Dina. Yes. I love it. That Ida yeah. moment on the last episode, Ida. I was like, what? Ida, Ida ain't going nowhere. Listen, Are we supposed to I... believe that they really have a romantic connection? We're supposed to believe that. You don't believe Ida and Hattie have a romantic connection? I... That oh. that tension has been brewing. We said it. It was on the couch. It's been oh. in the office. It's been everywhere. We, we believe it, but we don't know. It, it just feels like the circumstances are so, it's so charged, right? Like oh, Ida, we talked about her loneliness and we talked about mm. Hattie wanting this, you know, it could even, we, we're talking about mothers. So what what is the, um, you know, and Ida's the Ida. with Ida if, as exactly. she's like a, you know, a, a mother figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and what are the... Wife. But, but the intrigue you know, about my first, like, my first real relationship, I didn't realize this until the relationship ended, was that it looked like the love that my mother and I shared. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because it was familiar, but maybe not the healthiest. Right. right. But you, you do, you mimic, you mimic those. Your only your first real relationships that you learn are the ones in your house. Right. Right. You know, your relationship to your parents, relationship to your siblings, you know, the, the relationship your parents have with each other, you know, yeah. and then you go out and either mimic it or try to go the opposite of it. Complete opposite, mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah. but either way, it's like, again, your parents don't have it figured out either. Right. Nope. And you learn that they're human when you get in your 20s, actually. Uh-huh. You start to mm-hmm. see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think... Uh, I think there's just a lot, you know, for Hattie to learn, you know, about relationships. Yeah. But also what I love, there's stuff for Ida to learn. Yeah, this is That's true. true. You know? Absolutely. Um, but the Adina stuff is very interesting. And we're so happy that everybody's reaction to her was that strong because we do want to see her more in season two. And I'm obsessed you know, with and, her. And, and, so happy with that scene. That was like, oh, we <laughs> all, when, when we work on the recaps, we all have like our little notes and we all were like, yo, there's Adina shit. We got to get into I've this. just never seen anything <laughs> like that. Oh, that, and that to me is the greatest compliment you can give us, you know, is that you hadn't seen it before. It mm-hmm. felt special um, because, you know, I feel like there are a lot of shows out there with black people now at the center. And it's like, but I want to know, like, are people talking about my shit, though? Is it really moving motherfuckers or are they just like watching it passively? And no, they're, they're having not, conversations. They're having conversations. <laughs> that, like no one's ever watched. I, I don't. If my legacy can be anything that I didn't make passive art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching. <laughs> Everybody's watching, and like we, of course, have been like promoting and 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 doing our shit. But my favorite is like people being like, "Oh no, I've been watching that." Yeah, like or like my sister. My sister's forty three, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta catch up on twenties." Da 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 da. I can't listen to your pod yet because I'm behind. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yo, this is like." My mom is a 65 year old Trinidadian woman, and she's like. Oh, the show with the girl with the shave head. I like that show. And she's like, she likes it. So it's wow. it's hitting. 
I will say that. That's great. I, I, yeah. um, it's interesting because I don't set out to make things universal or if I have a broad audience. I always try to be specific, but I think there's something about 20s that because it's a girl with a dream, because it's Hollywood, I think maybe yeah. because they're all so, you know, innocent really at the root that I think it's a show that it's it almost, I never thought I would say this, but it's basically, it's a, I wrote a feel good show. It's a you're rooting yeah. for them. Should not sort of be just have this joy, but I think a lot of it stems from JoJo and that big old smile and um, and Justin Tipping, yeah. who are amazing, uh, you know, producer and director who came up with the color scheme of pinks and blues to represent masculine and femininity. And if you go back and watch the show with pink and blue mm-hmm. in your mind, you will see nothing but pinks and blues everywhere. Um, yeah. But it's so, you know, um, oh, it's so dope. Sometimes it's not, but you know, I just I'm so proud of it, and it's one of those things where it gives us even more ammunition to make sure we bring you next season. Even though it's not, I can't like officially confirm season two, but like it's coming, I'm sure. It's coming. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> it, it, it makes me want to run even harder for next season. And also I'm listening to people. Yeah. I'm paying attention to what you guys are saying, what you're feeling. So, cause if nothing would be worse than everybody being like, Oh, we love Adina. And then only have Adina in one episode next season. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right. We need you know, her more. That's amazing. Sure. Yeah. That's to me is when I think the conversation between Twitter and audiences and artists is great. You know, it's like, yes. okay, y'all love this person. Got you. Okay. Right. This character y'all really get. Okay. Cool. Cool. You know, but with this whole dragon culture and like, that ain't black as fuck or this person ain't black enough or we needed a win. Like that kind of stuff doesn't help. You know, it's more about like let's talk about things in terms of what's missing, what there can be more of. Because if you or, or if you that angry, then go write a script, go make something. You know what I'm saying? Come word come, come into the lion's den with us. And you, know you talked about that on the show when Hattie was roasting Ida B's Coco's butter mm-hmm. and right. tweeting I, about it. So And also, people, be careful mm-hmm. what you tweet. Especially if this is a goal of yours, like think about that. Mm-hmm. All the tweets, man. She had the receipts. Uh, you yeah, know, the receipts. It's like, yeah, like kept think about it. Kevin Hart. You know, kind of got to over a tweet. You know what I mean? Now, mind you, people say it was the content of the tweet and what was in it. I understand, but Oscars gone. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. But you know, but also that's real life. That's what happens. You tweet crazy shit. You tweet shit. <laughs> if my off the Twitter because they'd be yeah. scaring me up in the black Twitter I can't <laughs> <go> over there <laughs> before you go um I know you have a show on Quibi called you and got these yeah what are the latest kicks you've copped the latest kicks I caught oh, I'll grab it hold up okay I'm gonna I'm grab say, mine too <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Chelsea wanted this moment <laughs> so bad I wanted it so bad <laughs> I'm glad you got it because I almost forgot you know, I have my notes. <laughs> Where's Glenn going? To get her sandals? Her Birkenstock? I was like, Glenn don't got no some fucking kicks. What the fuck Glenn about to bring back? I got a couple. Okay, oh, Lena, they're, yes! making, they're making fun of me because, oh, okay. Okay. These are classic. Um, I did, they just weren't in my collection, so I decided to grab a pair. And they're yes. Sweet. Um, uh, these are a pair that I, I've been wanting. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, Ooh, come on, Reflective. <laughs> It's like you spend it, you flex them, but it's for a good cause. Every year, Jordan does this thing where they go into a children's hospital and a kid in the in the, the unit gets to design a Jordan. Oh, um, I did not know about that. Uh, a lot of proceeds go to the organization to help kids. And so, and, and these are very coveted and sought after, like the sneakerheads love this opportunity to go out and um, sort of do something really for a good cause. And these are like, like these, whenever they come, it's every year, it's a different kid. And it's always one of the most coveted shoes that, that, that comes out for Jordan brand. So. Yes. 
Um, I know he, people don't like saying his name because he wears the MAGA hat, but I'm mm, sure Yeezy, you know what I'm saying? And I like this new silhouette that he's doing with sort of this basketball. Nice. Oh, yeah, those are, I like those. Feels sort of very futuristic. They're super Definitely. They look weird and interesting. He's innovative. Um, yeah, I just sort of like what he's done with the silhouette. And last but not least, uh, this one is called like the Air Max uh, motherboard. Um, which kind of dropped, which you know, dropped surprisingly on Air Max Day, and they didn't tell anybody. And so I had to pay resale for this, which was a pretty penny. But um, you have a plug, Lena? Oh, really shit. Oh. oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's here to your foot. And um, and I have a couple pair of these, but these are, to me, I think are the prettiest that have come out. And uh, Nike was bold for just dropping it, and every, all the sneakerheads kind of went scrambling. And I, I definitely was one of the people that missed out, was not paying attention. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I got a good pair off of somebody. And, uh, and yeah, and also, too, this is a, a bit of an exclusive. I got two pair, one to give away during COVID time. Um, just got to bring somebody some light and some joy during this, oh. this crazy time. Um, I knew it was a hard shoe to get. And so I decided yes. to double down and get another pair. And one of my favorite uh, sneakerheads, Tony D. Wow, we're going to do a giveaway um, of 10 a pair and a 10 and a half of these men's. And so the lucky winner did a pair of shoes on me um, and just hope to bring some light to a sneakerhead's day because a lot of these um, releases have been pushed back. A lot of people haven't been able to go out. Mm. Damn. So that's that's the that's the. That's so I I worked for Adidas for a while and I became a little bit of a sneakerhead. Yeah. And so I was so hyped to have like my whole collection back here and like show it off to you. But yeah. I also have a full time job, so I didn't have time. But I <laughs> do have these, Let's and see. I got these. The fuzzies. <laughs> I got those. Those I got are a plug. I'm gonna give you those. You those are fire. Them? Are you fucking with them? I am obsessed. Okay. Where you, okay. Where you got to wear them around your house? I know, I know right? Okay. Well, you go, you know, Pretty you much. Well, yeah, I, wear them okay. to the bathroom. I, I, that pair. I, I wear that them pair. to the bathroom. Um, but we are so happy that you took the time to come on. Like, this was such a fun conversation. Yeah. We're 20s fans. We're obsessed. Um, and we're so excited for season two. Yes. Um, so Glenn is going to lead us to our last segment, which is? Yes. We have a segment called Black Girl Doing Shit. And we always honor a Black girl doing something amazing in their field. And on this episode, you are a Black girl doing shit, Lena. Thank you for all you're doing to um, just bring our narratives to the people and to help us feel seen and to tell complex stories uh, fearlessly and honestly. And yeah, we'd love talking to you. Literally could talk to you forever. I'm not going to lie. My heart was beating a little hard when we first got on and I was like, oh, shit, I'm sweating. But I was like, oh, she's not cool. <laughs> and like all of the things you're doing with Hillman Grad, I know we didn't get a yes. chance to like de- dig into that. But um, even you just responding to us is just like a testament of like how supportive you are of, Absolutely. you know, people in this community. So thank you. For sure. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm always honored to support Black business um, and, you know, and Black people. And lift us up wherever I can. You know, I'm a big believer in doing it for the tribe. You know, um, whether mm. we like it or not, we're all connected. Um, and, you, and I always say, you never know who your cousin is. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of our ancestors <laughs> yeah. were sold, you know, to different plantations. Mm. Families were broken apart, never to see each other again. So my thing is, I, it's hard to throw, you know, rocks at somebody because I may be throwing rocks at my cousin. You know what I mean? And mm, I think people think about it that way, you know, they'll be more mindful of how we treat each other. Because the yes. truth is, we're all family and we all we got. And um, as much as we show love to the ancestors, we got to remember that we are someone's ancestors right now. 
And so how do we want to be remembered? Mm. How do we want people to look back at us? What, what do they want to say about us and how we walk through the world and how we lived our lives? And I think that, um, you know, we, you know, we come from a great people, a great history, and, um, and we're creating history right now. So thank you for having me here. Thank you for uplifting me. Thank you for giving me my flowers, but I can still smell them. I appreciate that. Yeah. I give the A's right back. Um, and uh, it just congratulates to y'all on what, on what y'all doing with this platform. And just, you know, you guys are also a part of this narrative and this story. You know, we need this as well. And, um, and the people will be talking about this just when they're talking about my TV shows or movies and things like that. This kind of stuff is important, too, to create the conversation, to have the dialogue, to show this unity. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm just honored to be a part of the show and, uh, and to support y'all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you. This is such a great 420. I know. Yo, <laughs> uh, <laughs> smoke your shit on here. Make okay. it, of course. Like, of course. They're black as fuck, right? But then that's shady. All black people smoke when they don't. I know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm smoking a roach because I'm in my twenties. I was about to say, what's your just? I was like, ain't nothing even in there. I'm saving um, my coins. I did want to ask you before we log off: Is there are there any exciting upcoming projects that you can share with us? We're hyped for the Kid Fury. Ah, yes, we're waiting right now. We got HBO a really bomb ass script, and we're waiting for them to, you know, it's in there. It's on their decision pile. Mm. Uh, to the pilot. And so keep your prayers up for that because it's a yes. beautiful, beautiful script that Kid Fury wrote, you know, with the help of um, another great writer, Jason Kim, um, who I love. And, you know, I hope, I hope we get that popping. Um, the the, one of the first things for sure is coming out at the end of this year is a movie written, directed, and starring a phenomenal Black woman who goes by the name of Rada Blank. It's called The 40-Year-Old Version. B-E-R-S-I-O-N. It got into Sundance, um, and she won uh, Best Director uh, at Sundance and only became the second Black woman to ever do so in the history Wait, of Sundance. Wait, I know Rada. Stop. Rada Blank? my sister. Not because my sister was like, oh, y'all we supposed all to be cousins. talking to Lena. She was like, y'all, y'all supposed to be talking to Lena. You need to hit up Rada. And I'm like, why Rada sound mad familiar? I'm going to text my sister right now. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. We're cousins. Rada might be down to chat with y'all, but definitely make sure you guys chat with her um, or get on the, the press line when she when the movie comes out. We yes. don't. Yeah, we'll have thinking, to do that. We're thinking maybe November, but yeah, it, it did extremely well at Sundance. It got rave reviews. Like I said, she won Best Director, so that's gonna be coming out. Um, and again, like I didn't write that or anything. I just um, it was an EP on that movie, one of the financiers. And um, and so yeah, it'll be out this fall called Forty Year Old Version. I, I'm so excited for everybody to see that. Um, and there's also a, a show that I'm an EP on called Them. Uh, them Covenant is the first season. It's an anthology series. It's a horror show, which will be on Amazon. Uh, created by this uh, amazing gentleman named Little Marvin. And that is really his name. He changed his name. Little. Um, <laughs> and he's not little. He's like 6'1", black, half black, half Middle Eastern man. He's amazing. Um, and, and yeah, it's about a black family that integrates Compton, which used to be all white, um, in 1953. Mm. And how... There's the only thing scarier than the white neighbors that don't want them there is the house they live in, which is haunted. Um, hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so it's a really cool show. And then, and it was, we got two seasons of that. So the next season will focus on another them. Um, cool. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and we got the shy. The shy is coming back uh, yes. June 1st. We pumped it up. We were going to come out in July, but obviously because of the situation we're in, we want to give people some content a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> which I'll make an appearance in. I'm going to guest on yeah. the season. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so that'll be out June 21st. You can look out for that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's about like 
And then also, obviously, uh, you ain't got these is on Quibi. Yes. Every week, new episodes coming out. Check it out. Sneaker culture and and how it affects race, class, gender, all those things. Not just about kicks, but it's about the culture. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also the boomerang finale. Uh, the second like we got two episodes, a full hour of boomerang is going to happen. Not this week because BET is doing something for COVID, but the following week, uh, the boomerang uh, uh, seventh and eighth episode will be airing. So we we wrap up this. We we finish strong always. So yes, yes. Uh, on yes. all these projects. Yes, yes. Thank you again. Thank you. And that is great. And that was Black Girls Texting. Texting. Um, Enjoy your day. Enjoy your your evening. And thanks again. Oh, thank you so much. We're going to have this rematch. Teddy, babyface. Let's get it right. This episode is sponsored in part by Hyundai. Hyundai questioned everything to create the best Tucson ever. Every inch of the all-new Tucson has been completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with available innovations, both inside and out. From design to technology to safety, every aspect of the new Tucson has been improved upon. Hyundai's digital key allows you to transform your smartphone into a spare key. And if you're like me and forgetful of where your keys are in the first place, it's just one less thing to remember. LED daytime running lights are stylishly hidden within the cascading front grille, making them invisible when not in use. Set multiple user profiles, which is so handy because I share a car with my wife who's like five feet tall and I'm almost six feet tall with shoes on, at least on a good day. So I love that I can hop in and have the seat mirrors, climate control, radio presets, all personalized for me, and a 10 and a quarter inch full touch infotainment screen and a blind spot view monitor. The SUV has been completely redesigned inside and out to create the best Tucson ever. Learn more at Hyundai.com. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Jonathan Shokrian. I was inspired to start MeUndies because I was sick and tired of all the underwear brands out there that didn't feel like they represented me. I wanted to recreate underwear and make it comfortable, fun, and expressive. If MeUndies had one rule, it would be just be yourself. Self-expression is a big part of our company because we want everyone to feel like they can represent themselves. It's all about me. Our original fabric is made out of micromodal. Many have a hard time even just pronouncing it. But it's so soft and buttery, you just want to rub it on your face. MeUndies comes out with more prints than any other underwear brand in the world. New prints every week. Some of my favorite prints are Funny Bones, our 420 prints, and even St. Patrick's Day. Best of yet, we offer MeUndies in sizes extra small to 4XL. So there's something for everybody. If you've never tried MeUndies, we want to give you 15% off plus free shipping. Just go to MeUndies.com slash J-O-N. That's MeUndies.com slash John.